Okay, who's next? Uh, me. Can I get a medium decaf latte? Certainly, sir. Uh, having it in or out? Well, if it's a cup you're talking about, I'm having it in. <laughs> uh, if, if it's a cafe, you mean I'm having it out. So, in the cup, but out the cafe, if you see what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I get what you mean. Um, uh, what's your name? Uh, it's Callum. Why? I'll, I'll write it on your cup. In case I forget. <laughs> Good idea. Now, would you like any pastries with that? Would you not think I would have said if I did? Well, probably yes. I mean, I asked for the coffee, didn't I? I didn't just come in and wait for you to offer me one. <laughs> no, uh, true. But we're told to ask, but, but never mind. No, never mind. Now you've got me thinking. <laughs> what, what have you got? Well, the usual. Croissants, muffins, pastries. Uh... How much are they like? Croissants are one ninety-five, muffins two forty-five, pastries two nineteen. So the croissants are cheapest, but they look a bit smaller than the other ones. <laughs> Might get more value out of a pastry. Mind your muffins a lot denser. Could be more filling. So you'd like a muffin? I've not decided yet. <laughs> I had quite a big breakfast. What, what else have you got? Well, lots of stuff. I haven't really got time to go through everything. Well, you started it. <laughs> I was fine with just the coffee. OK, OK, we've got various types of biscuit, cookies, sandwiches, wraps, dessert, fruit, soup, porridge. Well, now we're getting somewhere. Let's have a think. Quick as a can, eh? There's a bit of a queue. Well, it's too early for soup, and therefore too late for porridge. Might have a sandwich. A sandwich. I know you're probably thinking, if it's too early for soup, then how come it's not too early for a sandwich, but... No, believe me, I'm not thinking that. <laughs> But then I'm thinking I might keep the sandwich for later, see, whereas the soup would get cold. Well, look, never mind. Your coffee's ready. We can leave it at that. There's a queue behind you. Well, it'd be pretty strange if it was in front of me. <laughs> 2 please. Oh, I've only got a couple of quid on me. So how are you going to buy the pastry? I was never going to buy a pastry. <laughs> I was just being polite. a little bottom hole. <laughs> and before he was the leader of the world, when it was an election, he was very, very mean about Mrs Hirily Birrily Clinton. <laughs> Just because she did look like a nice, neat police lady nana in her big trousers. <laughs> and, and now that Barack Obama-Rama-Rama is not president anymore, Donald Trump does think that White House means that only white people are allowed in it. <laughs> the only person what will be allowed into America is the boss of Russia, Flabberdab Putin. <laughs> what looks like Dobby from Harry Potter. <laughs> and, and, and my dad 
says that Trump is in Putin's pocket, so it must be a very big pocket for because Donald Trump has got quite a chunky bum. <laughs> and Trump does have a very pretty wife, and she is called Melanoma. <laughs> yes. But, but he also has another girlfriend called Ivanka and he is in a bit of a muddle because he thinks he would like to marry Ivanka even though he is her dad. And if you did that where I live, the social worker lady will come round. <laughs> and that is what a Trump is. It is, it's true. <laughs> Hello. Tuesday morning found me, as it habitually does, surveying the freshly made Bannock outlet within my local Minimart, when I heard a familiar voice. And there he was, Nigel Farage. He was being rather short with the till assistant. Of course, he's short to everyone because he's short. <laughs> Mr Farage, I said, I think you will find that this particular Minimart is not licensed to sell alcohol or indeed registered to sell tobacco. So your request for three cans of British Bulldog Bitter and an ounce of Antwerp Shag... <laughs> cannot be fulfilled, even if our till assistant, Miss Monifeith McCludgey, <laughs> could understand your slurred estuary brogue. <laughs> Farage turned upon me like a snarling, frothing, demented chihuahua. <laughs> It's interesting to note, as my own red mist descended, that a bargain two-litre bottle of tomato ketchup, if sprayed forcefully enough, will cover most of a small MEP. <laughs> Good night. When the mobile phone was invented in 1973, no one knew what would happen. Initially, people were pleased to be always connected and never out of touch. But now the mobile phone has taken control. And there is danger all around us. Plagues of former people, the digital undead, are stumbling down our streets every day. Heads bowed, staring at tiny screens. They fall into canals. They step in dog mess. They eat the wrong dinner. Hey, that's my dinner. And marry the wrong man. You're not Colin. Phone zombies, they're everywhere. Whatever you do, don't. Oh shit, it's for me. <laughs> Goodness. What in Swansea are you wearing? It's out of fur kini, Denzil. A bikini made of fur. It makes me feel like Raquel Welch in that film 10,000 years BC. Goodness, goodness, I have touched you many times. Never on purpose. And I can assure you that I have never, ever felt like Raquel Welsh. <laughs> Not even after five pints of Wazik's old bedwetter. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of fur uh, are it, anyway? 
Oh, uh, yes? <laughs> yes, Denzel, because beavers can swim. Which make up for the fact that you can't swim. I understand, Gwyneth. <laughs> well, I hope you're not thinking of going out wearing that. No, Denzel, because I have already been out. What? Down to Swansea Bay to visit my friend Pollock Jackson, the well-known fisherman. <laughs> Yes, Denzel. He was telling me all about how his uncle, Captain Ahab, caught Moby Dick. <laughs> Moby Dick? That's quite an unpleasant disease, aren't it? <laughs> I certainly wouldn't boast about catching something like that. Anyway, Denzel, he thinks my furkini are very nice. He looked me in the eyes and he said to me, I like you, Justin Beaver. <laughs> Ah, the men are delusional. And tomorrow, you are going to take me right up the Bristol Channel. <laughs> ah, ach, Yes, Denzel, I are going to meet him at lunchtime in the bar de Lam Thomas. Ah, yes, so cold because years ago, they did. <laughs> Ah, uh, yes. So cold after the Golden Hind, what Francis Drake sailed round the world in. No, Denzel. So cold because Pollock Jackson are very appreciative of a nice arse. <laughs> uh. Yes, Denzel. Yeah. Good afternoon. Or, as we say in the universal tongue of commissioners, Now, I am very honoured to be here at the Border Control Centre of the Donald Trump Wall as it's about to open, or should I say close, for business. <laughs> to give you my talk on border control entitled Stop, Cease, Desist, Bugger Off! <laughs> now, many border control specialists make the beginner's error of leaving a space between interrogation questions so that the, what is now called, inbound immigration client, or, as we in the trade like to call them, bastards, <laughs> can answer you. So, to demonstrate a foolproof technique to stop these aliens, I will need some assistant. So, to play the part of a bastard, an inbound immigration client, <laughs> please welcome Cadet Commissioner Archibald Stoke. Welcome, Cadet Commissioner Stote. Or should I say... <laughs> Cadet Commissioner Stote. <laughs> Sir! <laughs> oh, very funny, Stote, very funny. Right. Let the simulation begin. Welcome to the Trump Wall Border Control. My name is none of your concern. 
Now, as you are utterly desperate to cross the border from your corrupt and poisoned land <laughs> and enter the beautiful and fragrant country I am charged with protecting, I will now ask you four simple questions. Question number one. Have you now or have you ever been? <laughs> um, well... No I answer? Have... Fair enough. Immediately suspicious. Number two. Are you now or have you ever been a card-carrying member? Well, I, I, oh, I, I, simple question, still no response. Very thin ice, desperado. <laughs> question number three, do you swear to uphold? <laughs> Thought so. And finally, the purpose of your attempted illegal act. <laughs> I, as predicted, son, about turn. <laughs> Go home, Mr. Jerome. Leave my line of sight, Eisenhower Dwight. And go back to where you are from, Eric. From. <laughs> he has been stopped, he has been ceased, he has been desisted, and most importantly, he has buggered off. <laughs> it only remains for me to thank the Mexican government and you, the Mexican Border Control Force, for inviting me to your training camp, and good luck with keeping those despicable alien McDonald munchers from your soil. <laughs> good night. I'm a self-help junkie When I feel low I score another self-help book online I need my injection from the self-help section Then maybe I'll begin to feel fine In the morning I score some mindful peace within with John Kabat-Zinn At breakfast I get in the now slowly with Eckhart Tolle I get high on recordings of Oprah and Deepak Chopra Snort a gram of Montaigne Get flirty with Krishnamurti At night I get spaced out in my pajamas When I shoot up the Dalai Lama I'm a self-help junkie I call my books for an insight That'll help my life take flight From Seneca to Susan Jeffers And Samuel Smiles to Zen And you know what? They all repeat the same things Over and over again Okay, everybody, do you want to transform your life? Yes! Okay, this is what you gotta do. Live in the moment, start to meditate. Take up lots of exercise, it's never too late. Grow or make new things, it's good to create. Get outside in nature, cause it's really great. Write your dead parent a cathartic letter. Tell them what you think of them, then you'll feel better. Join a choir and sing Work less, play more, try some gardening Build your self-awareness, investigate your fears Make a gratitude list, why not volunteer? Don't beat yourself up and learn from your pain Immerse yourself in mindfulness, snort less cocaine Accept life is difficult, eat oily fish Learn to love yourself and stay off the pitch Now you know the secrets, you are totally equipped for self-help addiction and no shift in your life script My life never changes cause I'm totally hooked On the reading, not the doing So let's buy another self-help book
Good morning and welcome to this week's edition of Response, the radio show designed for and all about you, the listeners, your calls, emails, texts, tweets, etc. My name is Chris Fulton. And I'm Maggie Linton. Thanks, Maggie. And we've already had our first tweet. You guys are up and running fast this morning. Yeah, Jason in Kent says, what a great start to the show. Keep it up. Thank you so much, Jason. We will try to keep it up. More responses piling in already. Brian from Gurick says, can I just say... Of course you can, Brian. Good to hear from you. <laughs> Paula from Dublin asks, why, oh, why, oh, why? Fair question, Paula. If anyone knows why, you know what to do. A text from Andy in Dundee. He simply says, I'm quite simple. Thanks, Andy. <laughs> Just the sort of listener we're after. Hugh from Gateshead says, great job, Chris and Maggie, getting the show commissioned. How do you do it? Do what, you? We don't do anything. <laughs> You do a lot less than that, says Brent from Aylesbury. Thank you very much, Brent. <laughs> Quite right. And so with the time at 10.03, the lines are now open for your calls. <laughs> Who's calling response? Hello, I'm Mick. Hello, Mick. Hello, Chris. Hello, Mick. Where are you calling from? The front room. Excellent. <laughs> well, great to hear from you, Mick. Thanks, Chris. Thanks, Mick. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Great stuff from Mick there in his front room. OK, texts and tweets flying in. John from Kettering says, Hi, just wanted to say, I'm John from Kettering. And Izzy from Nairn says, Hi, I'm not John from Kettering. And here's one from our boss here at Chat Radio, and he says, Hate the show, I'm pulling it right now. He's only kidding. It's his favourite show. Keep those responses coming in, because that's all we have, folks. Responses are nothing... Oh, here he is now, eh? Our esteemed band leader, the very late Joe Jameson. See who's here, Joe. Ah, oh, shag mode, mate. You don't look a day older. Do I not? No. <laughs> You look about 10,000 days older. Ah, well, that's living in Stornoway for you. <laughs> you do know Stornoway's no a tax haven, Shug. I know now, I... Uh, uh, excuse me, gents. Uh, are we recording this stuff or what? Uh, Brian's right, we better get going. Starting with our anthem, I presume, I. What else? Bus driver love. <laughs> The muse was with me that day. I can still see that woman driving the bus. She was a cracker. Ah, you got a whole album out of her. So I did, now. Eh? Bus driver love. Life in the bus lane. <laughs> Scarborough bus fare. <laughs> Gimme <me> bus shelter. <laughs> bus station to station. <laughs> Bus past the duchy on the left-hand side. What a beezer of an album that was. Uh, any danger of uh, getting a move on in there? Aye, 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 OK, let me just find the right note first. <coughs> I was down at the... <coughs> oh, it's coming all back now. I'll just swallow it back down again. <laughs> ah, that's it, right. Let's meet it. Hang on, hang on. Ah, ah, ah. I just electrocuted myself. Are you okay, Shug? Aye. In fact, if anything, I feel much better. 
Right, right, let's see about these drums. Oh, I think that's me warmed up. Before we start, here's a little reminder of what it sounded like back in the day. Yeah, I was down at the bus station to catch the 293. This foxy baby unicorn looks up to me. She asked me for my fare. I said, how much do I pay? She said, depends on where you're going. I said, I'm going all the way. Bus going all the way. So we're ready to go for a take. Uh, I might just uh, go for a slash. Tie a knot in it, Davy. Let's hit it. Rolling. Who's <laughs> <laughs> doing to the bus? The station. Brian. <laughs> I'm afraid so, yeah. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Frank Hovis. There was a headline in the local newspaper this week which said, number of men visiting prostitutes blown out of all proportion. <laughs> I was shocked, ladies and gentlemen, and it takes quite a bit to shock me. I mean, I do give halfway up St John's Passage, you know. <laughs> where you do see some very unpleasant things. But the whole area is quite rough. I mean, round our way, sex change is the money you get back from a prostitute if you pay her with a ten-pound note, you know. <laughs> but I grew up round there. You know, it's where I met my wife. You know, one evening, I just popped into the old shaft and helmet. The Miners Social Club. <laughs> and there she was, on stage, completely naked, but covered in lobsters and shrimps, things like that. <laughs> it was pornography, there's no other... <laughs> pornography, ladies and gentlemen. But something kicked. I think I must have strained my neck trying to get a better view, but anyway... <laughs> I asked her out to dinner. Initially, she said no, but I took her in the end. I don't mean that in a dirty way. <laughs> and we've been together ever since. No children, but uh, we do have a dog. My wife fancied a German Shepherd, but I said, no, let's get a dog. <laughs> and we did. We did actually get a retired police dog. He was in a little bit of a mood when we got him, because he'd been working on a reed, and then they took him off the case, you know. <laughs> I'm the one who usually takes him for a walk. You know, sometimes, sometimes my wife comes along and you know what it's like, they do, they do go rolling in dog muck. And I've asked my wife not to do it, but... <laughs> and I think it embarrasses the dog, apart from anything else, you know. And he goes everywhere with us, but like, like most dogs, he does enjoy smelling people in embarrassing places. We popped into an old church the other day just to get out of the rain, you know, and I turned around and there he was sniffing my wife in the lady chapel. <laughs> What can you do? Just before I go, there was another shocking story in the local paper about a sexual assault on a bus. I mean, who in their right mind would... 
who in their right mind would sexually assault a bus? And, <laughs> well, I mean, what did he do? Something disgusting with the exhaust pipe? How could anyone stoop so low, Reginald? Yeah. We'll leave it there, I think. Good night, everyone. Good night. Welcome to the monthly Stony Bridge Town Council meeting. Yeah. Right, well, as it turns out, there's no agenda. So I could have stayed at home and cut Nora's toenails for her right enough. <laughs> You dodged a bullet there, Wally. Incorrect, Bobby. That counts as foreplay in our house. <laughs> if I might ask, how does cutting Nora's toenails lead to sex? It's a very slow process. <laughs> Takes a few weeks, but it works. Need to know basis, Wally. <laughs> well, I need to know why I'm here if there's no agenda, you douchebag. <laughs> That's no fair. If anyone's a douchebag, it's Eck here. That's right. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> My apologies to Eck. None taken. <laughs> Correction, Eck, you're not a douchebag, you're an idiot. In fact, come to think of it, you're all idiots. Right, that's enough insults from you, Willie. I suggest we make Stonybridge Council meeting room a safe space. What's that when it's at home? It's a place where you can't be offended. I can be offended anywhere. Bruce is right. We are entitled to come to the council meeting without being called an Egypt by Wally here. No problem. I'll call you all Egypt somewhere else. <laughs> right, that's it. I propose that we no platform Wally. But we don't have a platform. Well, we'll get a platform. There's one at the station. Thank you, Ed. <laughs> I would just like to apologise. What for? For anything I might say in the future that might offend anyone. In fact, just to be safe, I'm no platforming myself. Apology accepted, Migret. <laughs> How do you know she was going to offend you, Eck? Oh, just had a feel. <laughs> yes, I'm not sure we're getting anywhere with this. Now, is there any other, any other business? Uh, I want to discuss the big match. What big match? Stonybridge strollers are through to the second round of the cup against Yates of Muckup Fairly Athletic. <laughs> and I think we should hire a bus and go through and shout on the boys. But then we might offend the Yates of Muckup supporters. Oh, we can't do that right enough. The football ground might be their safe space. Oh, for heaven's sake. Oh, he's right. I propose we don't go to the game. Agreed. We'll no bus ourselves. Now, is there any other, any other AOB? Please God, no. Actually, there is. I've just had another wee thought. Why don't we have a safe Stony Bridge Festival? How would it work? Very well. <laughs> uh, more specifically... We'll get in, no platforms, no floors, we'll arrange no speakers. Clever. Nobody will say anything. Sounds perfect. Nobody will be offended. Viola, one safe Stonybridge <laughs> festival. When is it? Whenever you damn well like, because it's no happening. All those in favour say aye. Me. Me. <laughs> The Absolutely Radio Show is written and performed by Pete Dakey, Marwenna Banks, Murray Hunter, Gordon Kennedy and John Sparks. The producers were Gordon Kennedy and Gus Beattie, and it's an absolutely Gus Man production for the BBC. Yeah.